0: Good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is Thursday, April 27th, 2023. Come on, church. Sunday was great, wasn't it? Yeah. Did y'all see Brother Linton and Brother Bim showcase what it looks like to be a lion? You seen them prowling around the stage? They were let loose, and they gave us everything that they had. Saints, we're going to do the same. We were given new insights into 1 Samuel 17 that most of us never wrestled with. Is that true? They made it clear that Saul and his men answered the call to go to war like Deuteronomy 20 states. That's something we don't often attribute to Saul, but they were being obedient to the Torah. They were willing to go and engage in war with the enemy until an opponent stepped out with a unique challenge. Hey, that threw, that threw a little kink, a little wrench in their plans there. They were ready to go to war. They weren't ready for one man to go to war on behalf of the whole nation, though. Look, uh, we wrestled with the tension of failure. We, we have been wrestling with, and we're going to continue to. If I lose, then my family loses. If David lost, then, his, then the whole nation of Israel would have lost. That fear rose up and stopped the men of Israel, in their tracks, that fear we came to know as barking dogs.
1: Say barking dogs. Barking dogs. Now we're going to learn to put some barking dogs down today. Come on. Psalm 59. What a great scripture. Yeah. Come on. Open our eyes to just how obnoxious these barking dogs can be and their persistence. As we go to Psalm 59, 6 through 7, it says, They return in the evening. They growl like a dog. And prowl around outside the city. Look, they hurl insults at me. And openly threaten
0: to kill me. For they say,
1: who hears?
0: Saints, have you been hearing that growling? You've been hearing that yipping out in the distance? We also learned of God's response to the matter. And what our response should be. But you, O Lord, laugh and disgust at them. Somebody say, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Hey, we're going to learn to master that laugh because that's what our God does. He mocks his enemies. Says, you taunt the nations. Saints, can I tell you that there are many taunts throughout the word of God that come against the people of God, but they stand up against them because our God does not give way to the taunts. He taunts his enemies. It says in verse 9, You are my source of strength. I will wait for you. Saints, this is what it's all about. The Lord is our source of strength. It is Him that we wait upon. He is our refuge. This is why we can both laugh at the enemy along with the Lord.
1: Man, I think about that source of strength, an untapped well. Untapped well. A source that we go to for our strength. Unlimited. Limitless power. The greater revelation... Uh, led us to realize that these dogs keep coming back around because they are not full they are not getting all that they want so they persist in their attempts if you remember psalm fifty-nine, fourteen, they return in the evening they growl like a dog and prowl around outside the city they wander around looking for something to eat they refuse to sleep
0: until they are full hey church that's great news for us, isn't it? Come on. It's great news to know the dogs are trying to come after us because we're actually doing the will of God. Yeah. Hey, number one, the sovereignty of God's hand is with us. And number two, he is our source of strength and we are not giving up. These dogs, in comparison to Yahweh, Yahweh Sabaoth, are nothing but little, well, you fill in the blank. Yeah. The dogs we face are all bark and no bite. Come on. If you need another colloquialism, you can ask Pastor Peyton how he would describe the scenario. Hey, for a, for a quick recap and, and to help propel us into this message, we're going to uh, start in 1 Samuel 17 and verse 43. See, the brothers, they kind of they left some meat on this bone. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog? Michael Hall, is he a dog? He is a dog. Yes, you are a dog. Look at what it says in verse 45. But David replied to the Philistine, you are coming against me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel's armies, whom you have defied. Saints, this is the source of our confidence right here. We know that we side with the Lord. We have chosen to, chosen to stand with him. Therefore, we can look upon our enemy and say, yeah, you come against me with everything that you got. And you're just a dog that I'm about to put down. Verse 46 says, I will strike you down and cut off your head. This day I will give the corpses of the Philistine army to the birds of the sky and the wild animals of the land. Saints, if you remember from this story, what what Goliath wanted to do, he wanted to take the people of Israel and make them subjects. Do you notice what David didn't do here? He didn't offer to make them subjects. He said, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut off your head. And all of the Philistine army are going to be fed to the birds of the sky. Saints, that is the attitude that we have tonight. That is what we are going after tonight.
1: Come on. We know what happened when David stepped up and shut up that barking dog. The entire Israelite army surged forward and pursued. We see that in verse 51. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran, and they tucked tail quick. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward oh, come on. with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath into the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sherim road to Gath and Ekron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines,
0: they plundered their camp. Oh, come on. Come on. Saints, notice all of the action words that you're hearing tonight. They surged forward with a shout and they routed their enemy. We learned from Deuteronomy 20 on Sunday that the Lord gives clear instruction through Moses about when men go to war. Not if, but when. Saints, can I tell you right now, there's a lot of action in war. Can we tell you that the spring offensive is here? Saints, we're living in it right now. It is time for us to raise up and go to war. LCM, we are at war. And we're not going to back up at any barking dogs. We're not going to let up, and we're not going to shut up. We're going to put those dogs down. Yeah, yeah. We are on the offense, and the title of tonight's message is fight. Come on. Yeah. See, we thought about fight or flight, but flight's not an option. We are going to fight tonight. Amen? Yeah. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> FFF. <laughs>
1: yeah. We're going to walk through Law, Prophets, and Writings, Old Testament and New Testament. We're simply up here talking to you as family.
0: Yeah.
1: This is a family meeting. And we're going to treat it as such. There are some things that we were wrestling with. Some of these barking dog moments that we're realizing are in our lives. And we're, we're working at putting those things down. Amen. And what we're going to do is we're going to encourage you guys with us as we do this. We're doing this together. Amen. Let's go to our first scripture. Exodus 32, starting in verse 26. Come on. We're going to be in the NET most of the night, if not the whole night, Swish, swishing and dishing. So Moses stood at the entrance of the camp and said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. All the Levites gathered around him. And he said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, each man fasten his sword on his side and go back and forth from entrance to entrance throughout the camp. And each one kill his brother, his friend and his neighbor. The Levites did what Moses ordered. And that day, about three thousand men of the people died. Moses said, "You have been consecrated today for the Lord. For each of you was against his son or against his brother, so that he was given a blessing to you today." Come on, come on, saints. We could see here there's a rallying, but it's a rallying to the Lord. Yep. It's a rallying to pick up and take up your sword, take up the word of God.
0: What, the does- saints? Did Moses say, "Everybody who is for me, come gather around me"? No, he said, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. He already had his perspective right. And he was calling anyone else who is willing to show their loyalty to the Lord to gather around him. And he was setting a standard the same way that David did. And we go to the Lord for that leading. What we and Paul were wrestling with in this,
1: in this aspect, this barking dog, these, these failures to lead our family. A fear of can I do this? Will I be able to do this? And what we realized is the same rallying cry that Moses said to the Levites is the same rallying cry that we're taking hold of. We're going through our household, and we're taking up the sword. We're taking up the very word of God, and we are applying that to our family. How that looks in my life? Simply seeking the Lord, asking the Lord one day, Lord, where do you want me to improve in this? Where do you want me to start in sweeping my house with my family? Come on. And he led me to Psalm 119. Mm. And I'll tell you what, we're breaking this down day by day, and it could not be any better. Come on. We are specifically having the time to pierce our hearts with each other, our family with the word. We are rallying to God. We are rallying to his word. Amen.
0: Saints, this, this uh, scripture right here is a hallmark for this church. Fasten on your sword. Strap your sword on your side. This is what we're talking about. Not just me strapping my sword, every man in my house, everyone who is on the side of the Lord, strap on your sword. What I was spurred to uh, on Sunday was to go throughout my entire house with the word. I'm not just addressing my wife, although she is getting addressed and undressed. I'm not just addressing my children. I'm going after the men in my house and I'm saying, young men, strap on your sword and go throughout the camp and address every single issue with the word. Husbands and fathers, when we're struggling with the fear of leading our families, it's because we're confused about where our loyalty lies. Wrestle with that one, because I've wrestled with it. I'm wondering, what is it that would cause me from uh, withholding of applying the word. It's because my loyalty is first to my wife before it's to God. It's because my loyalty is first to my children before it's to God. It's because my loyalty is first to my carnal family before it's to God. Hey, that's what it was before, but I'm standing up to fight by applying the word of God in every area. Hey, I'm saying strap on a sword, spare no one, starting with myself. Numbers 25, Phinehas, he has the same attitude. He's a Levite, and he does the very same thing. When he sees sin in the camp, he takes that spear and he drives it right through his own brother because of the sin that he's in. And you know what it does? It stops the plague. Sin, uh, Saints, when we rise up and fight, it brings about salvation for our brothers around us. Amen. This inspired me to waste no time and, to n- and tolerate no sin. Let's turn to Judges chapter 3, and we're going to pick up in verse 20. Oh, come on, you know this. When Ehud approached him, he was sitting in his well-ventilated upper room by himself. Ehud said, I have a message for you from God. When Eglon rose up from his seat... Ehud reached with his left hand, pulled the sword from his right thigh, and drove it into Eglon's belly. The handle went in after the blade, and the fat closed around the blade, for Ehud did not pull the sword out of his belly. Saints, I don't have to say much about this, except... Drive the sword, that is the word, all the way through. Hold nothing back. Let nothing be held back in upholding the standard of the word of God. Saints, you know what we're challenged with? Being a peacekeeper versus being a peacemaker. In this church, we know what it means to be a peacemaker. We take the sword and we drive it all the way through. But that's not all that we do. Look at verse 27. When he reached Sariah, he blew a trumpet. Saints, he raised a call in the Ephraimite hill country. The Israelites went down with him from the hill country with Ehud in the lead. In verse 30 in the NET, it says, Israel humiliated Moab that day, and the land had rest for 80 years. Saints, when we properly apply the word of God and we drive it all the way through, that is how we bring about true shalom, For 80 years, they had peace after previously being occupied and being oppressed because Ehud drove the sword all the way through and then rallied his brothers to come and join him.
1: Yeah. How this looks like wrestling in my life, right? Uh, The, will my family resent me if I am a peacemaker? Will they resent my leadership? Will they resent my correction? Right? (laughs) <laughs> it's not just me. When I lack the follow through to drive that sword through, that's where I'm being a peacekeeper. When we actually stand up as men of God, women of God, and we are willing to drive that sword through and follow through, we are peacemakers in every way. And I got to tell you, my family, my family has been responding rightly. Amen. My wife is thriving more than ever because she loves correction she loves the direction she thrives better because she knows exactly what to expect and what's to be done with every single day every single day my sons are growing in discipline lincoln joseph didn't look he is growing in every way oh there he is you guys have seen when lincoln came into our body you see the progress in his life that's because The peacemaking attitude is what is driving him to reach the standard of God, just like all of us are.
0: Saints, you know what the barking dog is for me? If I'm a peacemaker, then my family's not going to be as committed as I am. See, if I'm putting that pressure on and saying I'm going to make peace, then my wife is going to shrink back from the commitment. Then my children are going to shrink back from the commitment. That's just a yipping dog that I'm telling you're all bark and no bite. Guess what? My wife loves this way of life. It came from her own lips, and it's the sexiest she's ever been. Hey. Grace loves this way of life. She reflected on a time when she didn't have this way of life and how horrendous it looked before. And we thought it was good, but we were just being peacekeepers. But now we're peacemakers. Guess what? My children, they love this way of life. You know how I know that? It's the only life they know. This is the only life my children know. It's the only not life they're ever gonna know. Yeah. We're rising up to fight against being a peacekeeper by being a peacemaker, using the sword of God and driving it through in every single situation.
1: Oh man, church, come on! Let's—we're gonna dust off a, a scripture. When I say dust off, I mean like you guys. I, mine's well cleaned. It's always- it's, it's polished. It's good. We're going to go to Nehemiah 4.13. As much as I'm sharing with you guys, I'm sure yours is all dusted off as well.
0: You know what it is. You know what it is.
1: Yeah. Come on. So I stationed people at the lower places behind the wall in the exposed places. I stationed the people by families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I had made an inspection, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the great and awesome Lord and fight on behalf of your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your families. Come on. Do you guys see in my life, me walking this scripture out? This is a cornerstone for my family. It's in our banner in every way. And yet, there are times where I don't feel this at all. That is my wrestling with this. I doubt, will I have the right words to speak? Will I be able to stand up like Nehemiah and have the right word at the right time? That's what I wrestle with constantly. That's a barking dog. Can I tell you, There is no truth to that whatsoever. Amen. No truth at all. I'm up here right now in front of my family, and I am speaking the very words of God. I am speaking the very words that He gave me for you right now. Amen. Can I share something with you? That's right, Lincoln Joe. That dog is all bark and no bite. Yeah. And son, that dog is all bark,
0: no bite. That's right.
1: Samson had an interesting. uh, We had an interaction on Saturday. We were driving over to Elder Baja's house, and we decided, you know, we, we talked about this in uh, one of our sermons. We are going to pray, and we're going to get in the presence of the Lord as we go, and we're going to fellowship. We're going to fellowship right now. We're going to tabernacle right now with the Lord. Mm. So we decided to pray, and get gets to Samson, and quiet. There's nothing. He's wrestling with us right now. And he had nothing to say. He could not think of anything. Tears started streaming down his face. He had fear that he did not have the right words to speak. Wonder where he got that from. So what we did, me being more aware, more sober-minded of fighting for my family, we took the necessary steps to make sure that my son knew exactly who he, where he was and where he stood in my eyes. I built him up. Back to the man of God that he is. Amen. Back to a man who does have the words to speak. Back to the man who has spoken words to me when I needed them. Oh, come on. He has everything he needs. Amen. And we made that correction. And he began to pray and cry out to God and lift up the very name of the Lord. Amen. What also happened to further that with confidence, as our brothers were speaking on Sunday, and they made that call to action. If you have, if you have barking dogs, come out to the front. My son leans over and says, Dad, I need to go to the front. Come on. He's nine now. He's not eating any longer. He's nine, and he's making these decisions on his own. He's being spirit-led in every way. He doesn't want to have barking dogs, and he is here to fight for that, and he's here to fight for his future family that he's going to be having. We laid hands on him, and he prayed in tongues. He prayed with the very words of heaven. We are fighting for our family, and we are winning.
0: You know, as Adam and I were talking about this struggle of, will the work be accomplished? There's a doubt there of, is this going to last? Now, I'm not very old, but I'm starting to feel like, is this going to be passed on? You know what that is, right? Just a barking dog. Thinks it's the HBIC, but it's not. It's all bark and no bite. Saints. It is going to last. Now, look, I've wrestled with this. You know how I know it's going to last? Nehemiah gives me hope. You know what they're coming out of, right? They're coming out of exile to come and build Jerusalem back up. You think they didn't have thoughts of is this going to last? You think they didn't question or doubt that this is actually going, this work is actually going to be accomplished? Of course they did. They were constantly fighting it. But was Nehemiah? No. He wasn't. Every single time a thought rose up, he treated it as you are only making that up in your own head. Nothing like what you're saying is happening. He's praying like, Lord, strengthen my hands. One more time, Lord. Strengthen my hands so that this work will be accomplished. Saints, I can tell you right now, the work will be transferred to the next generation. My disciples will go further than me. My children will go further than me. I'm learning to take a page out of Jehu's notebook. You know, Jehu, what do you have to do with peace? Falling behind me. That is the attitude. That is how we fight. That is how we take action right there. Now, look, we're not going to put it up on the screen. I'm just going to read this to you in the NET because I love it, and it's funny, and it's true. 2 Kings nine nineteen. so he sent a second horseman out to them and said, This is what the king says. Is everything all right? Jehu replied, None of your business. Follow me. Saints, that's our attitude tonight. When we have thoughts of doubt, we say, None of your business. Follow me. We are going to fight and trample down every single enemy that is in our path. Saints, guess what? He did trample down that enemy. He trampled Jezebel down. And who licked up, who ate up her corpse? The dogs, because that's all dogs do. But saints, guess what? They're not going to have our corpse. Saints, we belong to to God. We belong to our Father, and he is telling us, do not doubt. The work will be accomplished. Let's turn to the New Testament law in Acts 4, verse 7. After making Peter and John stand in their midst, they began to inquire, By what power, or by what name, did you do this? Jump down to verse 10. Let it be known to all of you, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, this man stands before you healthy. And verse 13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and discovered that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized that these men had been with Jesus. Saints, this right here, this encapsulates everybody in this room. We are uneducated, ordinary men. to the the rest of the world, but guess what we are recognized as? We are recognized as a body that walks with Jesus. You know what what barking dog this puts underfoot? Inadequacy. This completely crushes inadequacy. In and of themselves, they were nothing, but they consistently recognized it is by Jesus. It is by the example that he set that we are doing these things, and it's in his name. And the way that they continue to walk in power Crushed inadequacy. This crushed the inadequacy inside of me that I don't measure up. That I'm not going to look like my pastors and my elders. That I'm not going to look like brothers that I look up to. Saints. Like, I don't get the same revelation that they do. Does anybody else think that way? Does anybody else struggle with I'm never going to be that? I, I, I do. I struggle with it. It's a barking dog. Put it down. Put it under your foot. Hey. There's a very simple response to that, and it comes from Ezra 7.10. Now Ezra had dedicated himself to study the law of the Lord, to its observance, and to teaching its statutes and judgment in, in Israel. This is how we crush inadequacy. We study the word of God, we do the word of God, and then we teach the word of God. Saints, it's not our word, it's his word. If we will study it and do it and teach it, it will crush every bit of inadequacy in our life
1: yeah the way that shows up for me for the not measuring up is this this chatting dog in my ear that I'm really slow to learn the word yeah it is a lie it is a lie and yet it's there it's chatting at me and you know what I love I love when there's a transparency and you share something with a brother And a brother decides to rise up and say that ends today. Come on. So I got—I was given a scripture in Ecclesiastes 12, and it has been life-changing to me because it talks about the way that men search the word and they mull it over and they they look it over. It takes time. Come on. It takes time, and actually, that time that it does take, that's an experience with the Lord that cannot be taken away. You can't take that away. Elder Charlie has time with the Word. Elder Baj has time with the Word. Elder John has time with the Word. Amen. These are men of God who have been mulling over the Word for great lengths of time. And we go to them because they are sages. And what are sages, maiden? Stages, Stages, yes. come Come on. It is a good thing to take your time in the Word. It is a good thing to be diligent and focused. What I'm doing is, I'm putting that dead dog down. Amen. I am being consistent in my pursuit of righteousness, in my pursuit of gaining every bit I can, turning that jewel every bit I can. And I'm growing in my understanding of the word. Amen. We're going to jump over. We're going to hit our prophets. We're going to go to Revelation 3, starting in verse 1. Yeah. To the angel of the church in Sardis Write the following This is the solemn pronouncement of the one who holds The seven spirits of God and the seven stars I know your deeds That you have a reputation that you are alive But in reality You are dead Wake up then Come on. And strengthen what remains That was about to die Because I have not found your deeds Complete in the sight of my God Wake up Become aware. Be alert. See your condition. Yeah. See it rightly. We have that warning from this word. Strengthen what remains. How we do this, right? We expose a fear. We have a fear of exposure.
0: Yeah.
1: A barking dog that says, "Don't tell anybody that." Hmm. Let's hide. Let's hide that uh, that lack that we have here. Strengthen what remains. How about we just hide it? Let's not anybody see what we have. That is a way that, that's a barking dog. Don't share that with anybody. Don't let them know. What that causes then is a lack of that transparency that we need so desperately. We need that. But what often comes in our mind when we were walking through this was, but if I tell somebody what I have been wrestling with, What if they decide they don't want to be around me anymore? Hmm. What if they don't want to follow anymore? What if they realize this guy's not as good as uh, we thought he was? Man, those are lies. Those are the barking dogs that kill our confidence, that kill our transparency with our brothers. But, but, man, we are fighting. Oh, come on. We are fighting to be transparent with our brothers. I am fighting to share everything I possibly can about what is happening in my life. I'm sharing it with my family. My family is sharing it with, with me. We are growing in transparency. We are going to do this together.
0: Amen. Look, this is quite the rebuke, right? You have a reputation for being alive, but you're actually dead. That, that's quite an, a rebuke. But it is exactly what we need to hear when we are struggling to, to actually expose ourselves and to actually be transparent. Who in here has been fully transparent and seen what it's done for a brother? Yeah, look around. When we are fully transparent, look at what it does for our brothers. It helps to strengthen them and to raise them up. When we can strengthen what remains inside of us and we can take that rebuke and say, no, I haven't been fully exposed, but I'm going to now. I'm not going to hold anything back. I'm going to be fully transparent. It strengthens our brothers. And and we raise our hand and we say, aye, that's been me too. Well, why didn't we say it? Because they have a fear of exposure too. We're crushing that tonight. We are standing up to fight. Uh, the 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 want to not be transparent. We are going to be fully exposed. Let's turn to Ephesians three and verse uh, ten. It says the purpose of this enlightenment is that through the church, the multifaceted wisdom of God should now be disclosed to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. This was according to the eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and confident access because of Christ's faithfulness. Saints, this is Paul writing, and he's admitting, I am the least of all the saints. I'm the least of them all because of the things that I've done. But guess what? This purpose was to bring about enlightenment. This purpose of, of me going through this process was that I would actually be a, an apostle to the Gentiles. Saints, when we can deal with shame, when we can feel, when we can deal with that unworthiness that, we're, that we are constantly struggling with, we can be just like Paul in this letter. We can, we can lift our brothers up and say, we're not going to let dead dogs rise. Dead dogs stay down. Look, we have we have constantly uh, allowed things of the past to grip us with fear. We've constantly and we've we've accomplished things for the Lord, but that unworthiness wants to creep back up and start barking again. It wants to get another bite at us, saints. We're going to crush it by saying, "I'm the least." I know that I'm unworthy, but this was God's doing inside of me. This is his power inside of me. Therefore, he has deemed me worthy. Saints, this is how we fight those thoughts of unworthiness.
1: How we fight, we fight those uh, thoughts of unworthiness because we are the church of the living God. Yeah. And as a church of the living God, we don't have time for these distractions. Yeah. These these uh, cancerous cane corsos. These doubting dobermans or these chatting chihuahuas we don't have time for those as a church of the living god we are standing up rising up walking in confidence as we fight for each other we're fighting for others who do not know the lord yet we are on a mission and it starts with us fighting first for each other then for them we are coming to a close And we're coming to a point we want you guys to gather. And it's out of Hebrews 10, 23. And let us hold unwaveringly to the hope that we confess. For the one who made the promise is trustworthy. And let us take thought of how to spur one another on to love and good works. Not abandoning our own meetings, as some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging each other, and even more so... Because you see the day drawing near. Church, as you saw these scriptures, as we are engaging with them, wrestling with them. If you've noticed, when one man rises up, when one man stands up to fight, others rally with him. Amen. When we, as individuals, are standing up. When I see Nolan Hewitt standing up and fighting for his family. He's fighting with everything he has. That encourages me. That fires me up and I want to rise up. When I see Marlon Sosa standing up, fighting for his family, fighting for his daughter, praying over her, that fires me up. I'm ready to fight. Are you ready to fight? Yes. We do this together. We rise up in confidence together. As we gain this in a community, we are raising each other up.
0: Saints, that word in Hebrews 10, where it says to spur one another on, that word in the Greek is like to irritate, to provoke. It's not just like, hey, come on, man. It's, it's, a, it's a provocation of, hey, we are going to do this. We are going to continue uh, to walk in love and good works. We are going to take action to be confident and raise others up to do the same. Saints, that they might be dominant. Because we're we're called to rule and to reign. From the very beginning of this story, we are called to rule and to reign on this earth. But saints, we've got to take action. We must rise up and fight. And believe me, you won't be the only one. Others will rally around you. If you are struggling with a fear of uh, failing your family, you fight by going throughout your entire household with the sword that is the word. If you are struggling with being a peacemaker, you know that you can hold nothing back. You must drive the sword of the word all the way through. Fight. If you're fighting with a doubt of accomplishment, hey, you stand up and you fight and you say, don't ever give up. We are going to accomplish the work. Stand up and fight for your families. Fight for your households. Fight for your brothers. Inadequacy. Saints, this is simple. Study the word of God. Be consistent in it. Do the word of God and then teach it. That is how we fight. A fear of exposure. No. We're going to be fully transparent knowing that it's what's going to strengthen our brothers and we're going to grow in this together. Unworthiness. Don't let the dead dogs rise. Accept his supernatural power at work within us. Saints, as you stand up with us. What you heard on Sunday what you're hearing tonight, is take action. It's a call to courage to rise up because you are the dominant one. You are the one who is going on the offensive. You are the one who is bringing the fight to the enemy. It's not the other way around. All bark, no bite. We put that dog all the way down. This is something that Adam and I are going to continue to wrestle with. You can feel it. We are wrestling with this right now. We are having to put these dogs down right now. Even as we're standing up here preaching it, we're saying, Lord, help us to live this even better than we preach it. Lord, we want to fight. Lord, you are a warrior. Make us warriors like you. Saints, we're going to ask you to come up and join us because we are a family that fights together. Saints, we're going to ask you to come up and join us here at the altar because we are a family that stands shoulder to shoulder and we fight together. It's not about us being a singular warrior. It's about us fighting as a family against the enemies that have held us back.
1: Heavenly Father, we love you. Lord, we are committing this time to fight, Lord God. We are fighting for our families. We are fighting for our homes, our sons, our daughters, our wives. Lord God, we are saying no to those barking dogs. Lord God, we are rising up to fight against them. Lord, we are raising each other up, Lord, grabbing arms and pulling each other through. Lord, we are your body, the church of the living God. Empower us, strengthen us, revive in
0: us, and renew in us our hope in you and what you are doing.